suddenly my grandfather showed up the moment my mom saw him my mom got scared and he started saying in Tamil please don't come near please don't come near please don't come near my grandfather asked who are you what are you doing inside my daughter that's when I'm like oh I see where this is going once the streaming begins the screaming will too this is RPS Radio Paranormal Singapore Hello and welcome back to RPS. I'm your host Tim O, and if you're new, here's what the show is all about. Radio Paranormal Singapore is a podcast where we describe, discuss and dissect your paranormal encounters in an attempt to find some rational explanation to the most unexplainable experiences. My partner in crime is veteran paranormal investigator ET, and together we're known as your Baba Bros. Now, before we get to the heebie-jeebies, a reminder that should you have any of your own stories to share, you can reach us in a few ways. First, we're on Facebook at Radio Paranormal Singapore. Our email address, radioparanormalsingapore at gmail.com. And we're also available on WhatsApp and Telegram. You can add us with the number plus 65-9148-0985. And finally, just a small request. If you enjoy this podcast, all we ask is that you help us grow. The easiest way is to give us a five-star rating and a fair review on whatever platform you're listening from. And of course, please introduce Radio Paranormal Singapore to your friends. Thank you very much. And with that, it's on to the show. In today's episode, our new RPS interviewer Sham speaks to his longtime friend Tony on a couple of extraordinary encounters. So this story happened in Malaysia when I was a musician. Uh, we were playing for an artist in Kuching, Sarawak. So, you know, every time we play for uh, a musician or an artist, we will get to play, we'll have fun, get to the uh, place, we'll put all our musical instruments at the venue first, and then they will put us to the hotel to leave our bags there, freshen up a bit, then we'll go to the venue, do sound check, come back again to the hotel, get ready, and then go and play concerts, come back. And, and the next day we'll either fly off or go to another place that's nearby in the city. So in one in one street we actually went to Kuching and I, I slept with my drummer. The drummer was on the left. There's, you know, they have the two bed side by side kind of thing. And on my right, there's this huge window, window that's actually overlooking part of the old uh, Kuching airport, right? Uh, so it was quite interesting. It's really beautiful. Uh, I don't remember much about the gate that we had, but what I remember was I slept. The next morning, I mean, it was getting bright. And in Kuching, uh, it gets bright at 6 a.m. So it was getting really bright. I opened my eyes and there's this, right beside my bed is this chair that overlooks the big window I mentioned earlier. And in that split second, I thought I saw this guy who was sitting, looking at on the chair, looking out. And he turned around to look at me. He looks like this Chinese guy, nicely dressed. He was wearing a short collared t-shirt. I still remember jacket, yellow, and some kind of pants. Um, looks nice. But when you look at me, he had this sad look on him. And it, as soon as I, saw him, as I saw him, he disappeared. So I was like, wait, did I just, wait, I can't. And you know, they say, when you see a ghost, don't tell your friend or don't tell the group that you're with. Don't tell them. Yeah, they, they always say that, right? Keep it to yourself. I didn't. 
I straight away told my drummer, Benu, Benu, wake up, wake up, wake up. Then he's like, what, what, what? I think I just saw a ghost. <laughs> and he got spoke, he said, hey, bro, you know, right? You're not supposed to tell me. You're supposed to keep it to yourself, you know, because still I'm wanting to stay here. <laughs> it was hilarious. To me, it was exciting. And I think it's, if if it's nothing, right? I don't think until today I remember his face. That's the, that's the thing about it. Because until today, I still remember the exact moment, even though it's so short. In the blink of an eye, I saw him, and in that blink of an eye, he actually had the time to turn and look at me, and then he disappeared. But the fact that I still remember it until today very clearly means it could be something that I saw. I guess the question would be, what gave it away? Like, did you not think maybe it was somebody, you know, maybe an intruder in your room? Or, you know, somebody who happened to stumble in, it's happened before overseas, you know, like, the, the rooms of, well, I think what the concierge gives out the wrong key card, right, and then another person ends up stumbling into a room it happens more often than not because i saw it the moment i blinked my eye he was not there anymore so it's like someone was there and then like, and within less than a second that person is no more there so like if, if it's someone in the room and you saw it yeah, yeah you definitely hear him like moving around yeah yeah did you feel any like weird vibe in the room before that no right you, it was just a normal hotel room no not at all you know some people when they see these things sometimes there's some form of communication that happens mm. maybe like sometimes these things strike fear in you because sometimes they give you hope or you know it, it's just an internal feeling that you may feel when you just happen to see these beings yeah i know what you're talking about so in this particular one i don't think he or whatever it is man evil or trying to communicate i think it was just i maybe he's trying to say i'm here i don't know but i didn't feel uh, threatened i didn't feel sad or whatever i was like i said right i was quite elated i think i saw my first ghost <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i thought it could have been my dream right before i wake up i don't know uh but the fact that i woke up and then i saw that then i'm like hey, wait no, wait, no, let's see. Wait, wait, am I dreaming? No, I'm not. Wait, I just woke up. Like, eh, when I mean, it's, an, it's pretty cool, a nice story, especially, you know, because there was, you know, you can laugh about it. There, there was no after effect. Mm. And it wasn't like this entity was there to say like, hey, this is my room, get out. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just telling you that, hey, I was here. As long as you have this sense of respect, right? Yes, that, that is absolutely true. Because end of the day, we do share a space with them. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like I'm like, hello, are you here? Can you show me some? Which, which a lot of people do, right? Then they're like, dude, I, if you really want, I can show you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like, no, that was, that was cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that split second experience. That's fine. Radio Paranormal Singapore presents CSI Critical Supernatural Investigation. Wow, E.T., not bad, huh, this charm? I think uh, we chose the right person to be our new interviewer. Definitely, man. He managed to get all the important points out, huh? Exactly. And remember, <laughs> the more information we get, then the easier it is for E.T. Although, actually, no, I don't know no, if it's gee, it easier makes it, for makes, E.T. It makes it tougher, actually, bro. Exactly, right. <laughs> because the more information you come up with, then he got less to. Like, oh, no lie, it must have been this, it must have been that. And we are more likely to get the, it was the Hantu. That's why I... I can't say anything now. <laughs> yes, E.T.'s job is getting tougher and tougher by the episode. All right, but let's uh, jump straight into Tony's uh, story. Happened over in Kuching, right? And to be honest, E.T., I think you're going to be very happy because listening to this, I heard my inner E.T. 
very loudly in my mind, right? Almost, almost swaying me to what I think you would have picked as well. So the first question on my mind, exhaustion. Did that play a factor in this story? Because remember, Tony uh, is with a band. He's a musician already. By his own admission, he already had a long day. You know, they had the sound checks, they had the performance. And you know, musicians sometimes, depending on the gig, can get pretty wild, very exciting. Makes me wonder whether or not he was so exhausted, right? And when he woke up to actually see this apparition, he also admitted that he woke up earlier than usual because over in Kuching, it gets bright by 6am. And so this combination of factors, you know, drowsy, maybe eyes playing tricks, right? And on top of that, he says it only lasted a few seconds. In fact, he said it it was like a split second when he blinked. And I don't know if you remember me telling you this story a couple of episodes ago, but... I feel like something similar happened to me years ago where I I woke up, right? And I saw my dog sitting in front of me and she was just sitting there, right? And as I continued staring at her, she slowly vanished. I mean, back then I convinced myself that maybe, you know, it was just a trick of the light. I was drowsy. I'm just wondering if I can apply the same thing to Tony's story. In fact, sometimes uh, what they call these apparitions, they call it doppelganger. So, I mean, that would have been in your case like, because it's something you, are, you, you knew and could identify. Uh, how it happens, um, there's no explanation. But that in the past, there have been many, many instances where people actually saw someone they knew, a person or a pet, appearing in front of them, although the physical person is not there. So, I think what you went through could have been a doppelganger. Well, I mean, that, that sounds good because... I actually thought I was just drowsy and I was just imagining things, right? I thought it was I thought it was my mind playing tricks on me, right? But in this case, right, with uh with Tony, he what's it, what I found very interesting is that even if it was a trick of the light or his mind playing tricks on him, what's interesting is that he remembered a lot of detail. This apparition he saw, he could he could remember what he wore, he even noticed the expression on his face and as well. And remember, we're talking about split second here. And to capture that much information and retain it over what happened in just a split second, I found that very interesting. So to me, honestly, um, what I think it was, contrary to what you think I would think, well, quite chima. What? So, so what are you saying? It sounds to me like a residual haunting. So you do think there's a hantu aspect here? Hang on. A spirit trapped in time and space. Okay, that's mm. the definition of residual haunting. Uh, there have also been many accounts of such things happening uh, where intense emotions have been trapped in that space over time. And like a broken record, right, it replaced when triggered. Mm. So like he said, this entity seemed to have no malice, uh, but maybe just expressing his sorrows. Okay, maybe he might have ended his life in that very room. Until now, his emotions is still trapped in that room. And right. replaying that scene, uh, only to chosen ones. So what I was oh. thinking, what went through my head was, maybe he was also a musician, and thus he could connect with uh, Tony. Was it Tony? Yes. So sometimes where they feel they have that certain connection, and then that so-called broken record replays again. Mm. Because there have been many, many research done on such uh, um, types of uh, residual haunting. The thing that they found in common was certain things actually triggered the, the record the so-called broken record being played either the, something the person wore uh, the same emotion the fellow was feeling or maybe someone going through uh, the same state of mind where the person or the entity went through before ending its life 
I mean, it's always very, very sad with residual haunting because it's usually where someone is in deep sorrow, deep anger, or a very violent sudden death. So to me, residual haunting is always the saddest. Lah. Can I ask you something about uh, residual haunting, right? Does it only happen in a place where that person died? Or can it happen anywhere as long as there was a moment of strong emotion and trauma? Okay, so generally, the actual definition of residual haunting as the word residual, it also resides in that place. Mm. So it's only in that particular place. May not be a spot, maybe an area like a room or a house, but usually it's confined to a certain area and it, re- you know, it replaces place and replace I get that but what I'm wondering is right like for for this whole replaying of a situation in time over and over and over again right it doesn't necessarily mean it has to tie into a death right it could just have been I mean say this guy his name is John I'm, I don't even know why I picked the name John so say John that, that spirit he saw John right so John may not necessarily have died in that hotel or in that hotel room it's just that at one point of John's life he experienced a severe moment of trauma in that room. And so that's why that energy imprint is still stuck there and replays over and over again. Is that possible? Yeah, okay. So generally, it may happen for violent deaths or, mm. or you know, some some torture or something like that. But sadness, very rare. La. Still strong emotion though, right? Yeah, but sadness usually don't reach that level of st- or, you know, that strong to be trapped in that in that place. So usually for such, I mean, from experience, la, usually uh, um, something like this, this particular story, uh, I would think probably life was ended there. La, because it probably was going through deep thoughts on what happened. And then, you know, sadly, maybe, yeah, he ended his life there. It would be nice to know what exactly he was so sad about. Actually, the question that I have is, so did he stay there for two nights? I mean, imagine this happened for the first night he woke up in the morning. Mm. Well, I don't think I can stay one more night, no. It would have been interesting if he had actually gone to speak to the concierge or the hotel staff to see what their reaction was as well. Based on how the concierge reacts, you can kind of get an idea of whether or not they've had similar complaints as well regarding those particular rooms. But anyway, we're digressing lah, okay? Uh, what I did want to ask though, E.T., is that Tony actually mentioned, uh, oh, there is a practice where if you see a ghost, uh, then you you can't tell your friends. Is that a thing? I've never actually heard of that before. Because usually, right, we hear, oh, if you think there's a ghost, don't say it out loud, don't acknowledge it, because then the ghost will then tie itself to you, right? But is there a thing where you should not tell your friends? Mm, I mean, until I come across one. Uh, so, you know, I've always been this skeptical guy, right? So, mm-hmm. so far with paranormal research, only a few genuine cases where I felt, I mean, I told my, I told my teammates, right? So, I think that's the first thing you want to do because you're excited. Wow, it's yeah. something, you know, something that, that it's out of the ordinary. I would definitely share and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Maybe it's just out of courtesy, lah, okay? You're freaked out already. Don't freak out your friends. I think that's definitely because you know why? Because yeah. you already woke up, you can't chong, your friend in deep sleep, right? Uh. You wake the fella up, of course, the fella can't chong, hit the head or don't know, drop off the bed or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right, so that was not the only story that Tony actually shared with Sham. The next one, ooh, it involves possession and it involves his mom. Here it goes. 
this story happened in Malaysia. I'm Malaysian when I was 14, 15. It started off when my mom suddenly had very bad fever. She came back from work and she was very down and she was very, she was shivering. And usually when my mom have fever, my dad will be there to just take care of her and all that. But sorry, my dad said, okay, we need to go to the clinic, which we went to. And we went all the way to this one thing, which is quite far. Um, got there, I was in the car. My mom, my dad just said, just wait in the car, my kids wait. Uh, so I just waited in the car. And all of a sudden I saw my uncle came from nowhere. Hey, hey uncle, what are you doing here? Oh no, no, I came to see your mom. Uh, your mom's not feeling well, right? I said, yeah, it's not feeling well. Like, okay, that's weird. Why is my uncle here, right? He went into the clinic. Uh, later, my uncle walked my mom out very slowly. My mom, I can see very clearly, my mom is shivering. She's walking and, and you know, she's like, mm. when she came close to the car that I was inside, she said, oh no, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. And then my uncle asked, why? No, there's something inside at the back of the car. I was like, I was inside the car, right? I was like, oh shit. Should I turn around and look? <laughs> Who's in here with me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, shit, I'm not gonna turn around. But I, I'm like, Jesus, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, devil. But get out from the car, right? Uh, and then she said, oh no, I don't, I don't want to go in there, man. Okay, you come to my car. So, uh, got my mom to the car. Then my dad got in there, what's, what's up with your mom? You know, I mean, I call her mom. What's, what's up with your mom? Then my dad said, oh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but never mind, don't, don't ask. I'm like, okay, don't ask, but you know. Then so my uncle drove my mom back all the way. My dad, you know, going behind, got into the house. I slept. By then it was what, three, four o'clock in the morning. So I, you know, I immediately slept the next day, woke up. My mom was still in the bed. I totally forgot. I didn't really think much about it. And then a few hours later, my dad said, oh, go and give uh, the cough medicine to your mom. I said, okay. So I took the cough medicine, went to my mom. And there she was under a blanket. She was she's still shivering. And I said, mama, wake up, uh, take some cough medicine. And then my mom turned around to say, oh, what's that? Why is she talking like she, suddenly she has this very inquisitive, childlike uh feel to her. Oh, what's that? I say, oh, I've got medicine. Oh, must be nice. Okay, okay, let me try. What the hell? So I was like, what's going on? So I gave it to my mom and then she had it. Mm, it was so nice. Oh my goodness, it's so sweet and nice. Mm, mm. I'm like, okay, what is going on, right? Then I, I, I didn't tell my dad, because by then I felt a bit disturbed. Interestingly, right, so my grandfather, my mom's dad, has never stepped foot in my house ever. Suddenly my grandfather showed up around the afternoon, 5 p.m. or so. He came in, I'm like, hey, Tata, what are you doing here? He came in, he didn't even say anything. He came in and saw my mom. The moment my mom saw him, my mom got scared and started going to a corner and, like, and he started saying in Tamil, please don't come near, please don't come near, please don't come near. Uh, and this is all happening in Tamil, by the way. My, my grandfather asked, who are you? What are you doing inside my daughter? That's when I'm like, oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something going on here. Like, I think that's just, because the person, my, when my uh, grandfather asked, who are you and what are you doing inside my daughter? That's when it made sense like, oh, and I said, oh, no, no, I'm just here. I'm just here. I'm just here for a while. I'm just here for a while. Then he said, get out from her right now. Oh, no, no, no. I just want to say then, you know, he, he scolded her, he scolded whatever that thing is. Oh, then she's, then my mom, like, she was quite loud, uh, she, but she was still like, oh, let me be here for a while. Let me, no, no, no. Then my dad said, get out. You know? And then suddenly my mom fainted. Then my mom woke up and then they say, okay, give me some food and all that stuff. So we all thought, okay, done, right, finish. 
uh, interestingly, her fever didn't really get down, and I don't remember what else happened. But I remember the next day, a bunch of people from my church came. Uh, when they came, my pastor also came. They were like, oh, what are you guys doing here? I said, oh, yeah, we came to see your mom. I'm like, oh, I thought she's done. I, like, totally, it's done, right? And then, but the moment they came, they started praying. So they said, oh, uh, everyone else get out. So we all got me, my brother, my sister, and then my friends all came. They what's going on because, you know, they started praying in tongues, the, the group that came. And the moment they started praying in tongues, praying against uh, whatever that is, like my mom was shouting and shouting and shrieking for the next one hour plus. Like, ah! And then by then, all our neighbors came. They're like, hey, Tony, what's going on? You know, I said, I don't know, I think my mom was possessed, you know. They <laughs> were making fun about it or something because it was funny. So, hey, your mom possessed, you know. But then we started, you know, because most, most, most of our neighbors were Malays. So they immediately latched on to it, right? They're like, oh, we, you know, we've seen this before. So for the next one hour, my mom was crying, crying, shouting, shouting, and, you know, the whole shouting against uh, speaking tongues thing going on. An hour later, it was quiet, they were praying, and then, you know, the group left. The next morning, when I gave my mom the same medicine, she was totally fine. Then I, I didn't want to bring it up, so that's when I knew like, she was kind of possessed and all that stuff, right? But she seems normal. I think I asked her a, month, a week or a month later, I said, Hey, remember that one time, uh, you know, uh, Tata came to the house, the church team came, and she said, Oh, they came? When? I said, they came and met you and all that. Oh, is it? What? How come I don't remember? And then my mom asked my dad, hey, when is this? And then my dad just said, yeah, no, nothing. Like. He's just playing around. Then he looked at me like, don't, you know, he just kind of like, say, don't, don't, don't bring up, you know? Yeah. So yeah, my mom has no recollection of that couple of nights or whatever that happened. And until today, uh, she doesn't know about it. Usually when you hear about these things, sometimes these things come back. You know, in, in your mom's case, I guess it was fortunate. Since then, nothing ever came back. Huh? Yeah. So my dad said it could have been someone, a uh, disgruntled colleague or team member in a uh, old office that, you know, has probably sent something away. And, you know, she was sick and all that. And then, you know, her body's already very weak. So got something along that side. But yeah, my mom is totally fine now. She's very, very, uh, she's quite strong. In fact, I think, I don't think any spirit want to go near her anymore because she's, she spends more time in church than anything else and she prays a lot and uh, yeah. But that was quite an interesting experience. I'm like, wow, I didn't know it was going to happen to my mom. Radio Paranormal Singapore. Bro, mm. you know what? Uh, yeah. This is the nicest spirit possession I ever come across. Uh. What do you mean? I mean, the granddad went there and asked, What are you doing, my daughter? The first thing he replied, Eh, paise, paise. I'm, I'm, I'm just in here for a while only. <laughs> Very polite for her. Right, right, right. So, does sound like a real possession case. Or I'll tell you the points why. Um, but let's go through the whole story uh, and mm. what I think of it. Um, the first thing, I mean, okay, the typical stuff of possession. Um, usually, you take medicine and then uh, you know, nothing happens, and then uh, the mom was like acting very strange, not her usual self, where she was excited over taking cough mixture. I mean, when I was a kid, I enjoyed it, lah. I don't know, I cause it gave me this buzz, and then I could sleep really deep. Right? Yeah, I, I don't think it's something just for the kids. I, I I know of quite a few adults who like to take lots of cough mixture as well, regardless of whether they got a cough. So the first thing that 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 made me wonder, right? Because he spoke about his granddad. So his granddad actually, I was wondering if the granddad was some some someone of a spiritual man or of sort, 
Because he just waltz in yeah. without any chanting, without ritual, nothing. He just went and straight talked to the spirit. Right. And he could actually ask the spirit to get out. Mm. Although it was temporary, but at this point, right, you know, there have also been many cases, which I don't know whether you've heard before, but I've heard before that people, when they gonna disturbed by hantu, they got fierce and shouted and these spirits actually left or stopped. The disturbance, yes, la, yes, right? yes, yes, so yes. Let me share with you this quick story, okay? So, hmm. my colleague, many, many years ago, la, he was the only one left in office, so he do until a bit fed up or so. La, so, Shaq want to go home, right? But he's brushing his proposal. Then this hantu, la, you know you know those office and then you have your talk hum uh, cabinets on top? Yes. So, the fellow went to went to knock on the cabinet. No? Then he think, what's that sound? Okay, never mind. Continuing. Then the fellow tap, tap, tap again or disturb. He got fed up. He let go some vulgar words. He said, Hey, I'm doing my work here. Can you stop your nonsense, Lord? And then what happened? And then the haunting stopped. <laughs> the fuller control, the fuller stopped disturbing him. Maybe it was a rat. I think it was a tikus, okay? Bro, a rat no or something way. or some pest, right? And then the moment he yelled and then the, the pest ran away and then that's why the sound stopped. So, so apparently it was a very distinct knocking sound. It was very obvious it's someone tapping on the cabinet. Woodpecker, kind of bro. In a building <laughs> in Singapore. <laughs> you want to see in the, in the zoo or at the bird park also got problem. You need to go all the way to the exhibit to find. You know. Woodpecker inside the office. The fellow need to scan, change security pass, go upstairs. So, the thing is this. Hmm. I'm, I'm sure you've heard before as well. So, does it really work? Whenever you have an entity, should you really get all worked up and shout at the fellow? Because would that really work or would it be detrimental? Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, yeah, we pray and we hope that it works, but you are taking a bit of a gamble, right? Because you don't know how these spirits are going to react. Scully, you yell, Scully, you scream, and then you just piss the hantu off even more. In which case, then you, you got to quickly, you know, backpedal, and then you got to apologize quite profusely, I think. After that, you need to buy all the siotu, everything, and burn all the kimchi and everything, man, bro. <laughs> I think so, yeah. But, you know, I'm very amazed. Two stories in a row, mm. you leaned more towards the paranormal supernatural aspect. So, I think uh, this, is, this is a little strange because, on the flip side, I am leaning more towards classic ET when oh. it comes to this story maybe okay? we should change initials or something <laughs> so let me let me run through what I I took away from this story and once again I'm not saying this because I don't believe Tony or what his mom went through I'm not trying to discount their experience okay I'm just posing alternate rationale right that, sound, that, that, that sounded like my disclaimer many many months ago yeah exactly ago. <laughs> M- much, much like how I usually would, would expect from ET right yeah, but in this particular case right okay he said his mom was sick she was feverish and it kind of got me wondering because we've been reading a lot of these you know science explains types of articles on the internet right can a strong fever cause you to hallucinate of course there have been so many studies about that now here's the thing i'm going to take that one step further can a sickness or strong fever trigger multiple personality disorder which is formerly known as Dissociative Identity Disorder because there have been a lot of articles that have been done trying to prove or explain the science behind what most of us know of spiritual possession, right? Um, And to bring back to the point that you brought up, right, when the dad came in, right, and we were wondering, oh, maybe the father is some spiritual practitioner with, um, you know, with, with some experience here where he knows how to, like, chase these spirits away, right? Made me kind of wonder, could she... All right, have been very scared of her father as a child. All right, and now 
because of the fever, because of the sickness, ended up assuming the personality of her younger self as a child. And maybe that's why she reacted in the way that she did when the father came in with that very angry voice because that could have been a voice that she had heard a lot when she was young when you know she was naughty and then he'd come back he angry and then he, she's very scared so maybe that's why she kind of ended up oh go away go away please 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 stay away from me or something like that right mm. once again I, this is just me wondering you know is there some credibility to that other perspective right that maybe instead of a possession this could have just been a mental disorder due to the illness or the fever that she was suffering from I mean definitely there's a possibility uh, but if you mm. talk about her acting like it only when the dad came that's not really true before before the dad came she mm. was a bit like that already with you remember the cough mixture with the cough mix exactly right so once again multiple personality disorder yeah that's definitely a possibility yep but then but then but then on the flip side right this is what I found very interesting her grandfather or rather his grandfather her father the moment he came in right it wasn't uh Hey, are you okay? What's going on? It's not that like he was trying to gather information, right? He seemed to already know what to do or what to say, right? And that then makes me wonder if he's seen this before, if she has a history of having these behavioral changes. And because he's seen it before, he's not surprised anymore. And in the past, that's what he did. He knew if he raised his voice, it would fix the situation. And so the moment he stepped in, he saw that he was like, all right, I'm going to go straight into angry dad mode and uh, hopefully that will snap her out of it. So that, that that's a possibility. Hmm. But the next part of it was where the Christian group came, hmm. said their prayers in tongue and over an hour plus, she was screaming her head off. Yeah. And then she was totally fine. Is that a reaction specifically to a spiritual element or is that a reaction caused by the fact that she was suffering from some sort of multiple personality disorder? Yeah, so so there's, there's, there's two ways to look at it. Mm. One, uh, which is a point that I wanted to bring up that the theory that whenever we're dealing with a, a, a possession or some kind of hauntings, you always need to look back to the religion that the mm. person affected is that she believes in. Because in the past where we used to come across cases like that, we would actually refer them to, you know, if, if they believe in the Malays side, then they refer them to a Bomo, Taoist, refer them to Taoist priests, etc., etc. So over here, she was Christian. Hmm. So I wonder if really that it has to be aligned with your religious belief. Because if it yeah. does, then it does mean that having some faith in the religion actually does protect you spiritually to a certain extent. That's one. Who knows? Maybe not just spiritually, maybe mentally as well. Possibly. Maybe you find more comfort, right? When it comes to spiritual elements which you are familiar with. Yes, in fact, many times where you're actually doing prayers, what people don't realize is you're not just speaking to God or um, to whoever you believe in. You're actually talking to your inner self. So that itself is actually healing as well. So maybe what they did, their prayers and everything was actually very calming. I mean, according to your, your um, deciphering, right? Mm. That maybe it was coming to whatever uh, 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 issues she was facing with or whatever illness she was facing. Maybe it was very calming to the extent that it kind of got her that calm. So the thing is this, maybe we should ask Tony, was this the only episode? Yes. Or were there similar episodes in the past? Then, then we can actually decipher or break down exactly what 
what we're faced with. Mm. And also some sort of a time frame as well. Because obviously when, you know, it's easy to go, oh, after maybe more... Uh, conversations and more interactions with the Christian community, you know, things got better. But, you know, if you want to go the science path and say she was sick, mm. you know, the more time goes by, the more chance she's had to recover as well, right? Yep, that's true. So, there you go. Who would have thought? We sought places this time. <laughs> I am E.T. <laughs> and here's Timo, right? <laughs> and you know what? You know why I'm gearing towards or, or heading towards the possession thing? Why? Uh? It's because it's, 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 in many possession cases, they never remember what happened to them. Mm. You remember the case of very first episode with Ramesh? Yeah. Okay, that one was definitely possession because the wife turned green in colour. Mm. So I don't know whether there were any other physical changes. Maybe now that we say this, maybe Tony, if you're listening into us, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you can actually recall if there were any physical changes to your mum. Because that, yeah. then that would give us a better indication of what we're actually dealing with. Um, so they usually don't remember what happened and that, that's very common but that said E.T same can be said when it comes to those suffering from multiple personality disorder they don't turn green bro no 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 no. I'm talking about the not remembering okay. when they switch from one personality to another a lot of times they have no re- recollection of what just happened when they had assumed another personality so, so that's another thing during the story actually what I wanted to ask was he did say that when the grandfather was speaking to the so-called spirit although mm. his mom replied was the voice the same as his mum, mm. you know? And the other thing was, I remember he said he was speaking Tamil. Yeah. Was it normal? I mean, Tony, does your mum usually reply in Tamil or, or not? Because if it's if it's something that's uncommon, then, you know? Or did she when she was a child? That's another possibility. Yeah, yeah. But in many cases, opposition usually they speak something, a dialect or something which they never... Uh, yeah. spoke before so that you know giving us more information like this can let us uh, uh, actually decipher this case better lah. so if it really was a possession um, like the dad suggested could it really be black magic or voodoo curse because mm. for me sometimes um, you know especially people who actually learn illusions and magic uh, there are many times that you can actually make an illusion seem like you're being possessed but actually it's not black magic at all you know, like how they make the needle, they say they crack the egg, if your needle inside your bad luck or don't know what, all this can be done as a form of illusion. Absolutely. But in this case, right, I really don't think Tony's mom would have done that to herself, right? Not her, but someone. Yeah. Someone, you know, because like the dad said, maybe it was a colleague or what that cursed her or something like that. All right. Yeah, so. Okay. Well, but at the end of the day, Tony, thank you for your story and we're glad that your mom is doing a lot better now. Yeah, man. Thank God. Radio Paranormal And with that, we've come to the end of another episode of RPS. Kudos to Sham on the interview and big thanks to Tony for sharing those experiences with us. Now, if you've got stories to add, either your personal encounters or just ones you've heard, once again, reach out to us. Contact details on Facebook at Radio Paranormal Singapore. Remember to like and follow us there too. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd be much obliged if you gave us a sweet review and rating on whatever platform you're streaming from. Until our next installment, my name is Timo. And this is E.T. Keep streaming and And keep keep screaming. screaming. You're listening to Radio Paranormal Singapore. And they're listening to... (laughs) 